Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and Stephen Cervantes hey, is here today. Hey, it's a great day to be alive. Thank you, God. Man, the myth, the legend. Oh, so, I remember one of the things that you said to me years ago, and uh, I, I, it stuck with me. And I love it. <laughs> and you, you talk about how uh, I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> It's true. And I've always loved that because I'm, I'm a thinking, legend in my I can't tell you how many mind. times I've said that. <laughs> my wife rolls her eyes at that. So That's good. And you too out there in listener land, you're a legend. You are. <laughs> well, listeners, we are always glad that you're here with us. I um, uh, wanted to let you know, as we do every now and then, you know, we are a listener-supported program. And so we're grateful because uh, some of you have come alongside and partnered mm-hmm. with us because you've benefited from these uh, podcasts and you've uh, we've gotten notes from you guys that have said you know that it's been transformative it's been informative it's really helped you in your relationships and your character and so we are grateful for those of you who have come alongside and partnered um, if you'd like to help us continue this work um, you can do so in one of two ways one is just go to our website puresexradio.com and you can click on the donate link and you can make a contribution there um, or simple freeway uh, to help us is to rate and review the podcast. So when you rate and review the podcast, it helps it show up higher in search rankings when people are looking for this kind of information. So, Great. Uh, Go do it. And Thank Stephen, you. Stephen, that's where you say five stars, right? Five right. stars. You bless us. Five stars. You know it's good. You know it. All right. God is good. Well, and, this and is, we're his helpers. This is likely going to be a, a two-part podcast because uh, Stephen comes in and and you know Stephen's always got the notes that we're going to use because he's he's the brain behind. <laughs> I, I guess I'm the face and you're the brain. Huh? Yeah, that- <laughs> you're, you're the techno. You're the make it happen. I could talk to myself in a room all day without you. It's it doesn't get out beyond the reach of my voice, but yeah. with you, it goes way way out there. So we thank Jonathan. He sits here and does his work behind the scenes, and so. So if a few of you feel touched and blessed, just send a note. Thank you, Jonathan, for what you're doing. Well, and so Stephen always comes in with these, uh, you know, these notes and and you're a list maker. And I love that. You always, you you know, I think your mind kind of works in these lists, like you want to categorize these things. So I read the top of this uh, page and it says 23 thoughts I need to share from a lonely spouse to a scared spouse. And my immediate reaction was, well, this will be a two-parter, you know, because for <laughs> Cause us to get through get 23, going, <laughs> you know. So just be good. prepared. You're going to get a double dose of this particular program because there's going to be 23 thoughts. Let's see how sharing, we, so. they go quick or slow. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the other thing is it's fun to come and And I feel like we're sitting in a living room with you and, and you're part of our group, and and uh, we thank you so much for mm. tuning in and finding us. I mean, it's incredible what's out there to distract you, and and when you find us and sit with us, we hope you're blessed. We hope you get some insight. We're out to change the world. I don't know if we said this lately, but we're not just playing around. You know, mm. this is big God stuff that's going on, and we don't just want to have little cute things and people go, "Oh, we like you." It's like, who cares about being liked? We're in the transformation business. You know, we're trying to be a voice for what Jesus called us to be. And that's one. Yeah. One. Yeah, this is kingdom work. That's right. And and you're out there doing kingdom work. And you were made for oneness. So I know who's listening. Hungry men who want to grow and lonely wives that want some help to grow. 
mm-hmm. and and then a bunch of other folks. But <laughs> but but that's that sort of sets up our dialogue for today because somebody is usually one spouse is usually ahead of the other spouse. Have you ever noticed that in a relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's good at money, but she's good at uh, taking care of the kids or something, and. Uh, and she's more organized, and he's chaotic. You know, I mean, we all have these strengths and strengths weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses, yeah. yeah. And then when you think about the emotional um, program, we all have one. Um, who's better? Who's stronger? Because we're trying to get, if we're made for oneness, it's a place you don't, you don't know. You have to sort of grow towards yeah. your heavenly father, your spouse, even being one with yourself, many of us are divided. And I think I love the point you're making because I think sometimes we think of ourselves um, and we think of relationships as reaching a static point. Mm. Like, okay, if we can get to this stage or if this can happen, then I've kind of reached the destination. And what mm. you're saying is is there's an ebb and flow. There's a growth. And I've noticed this even in my own marriage because Elaine and I are about to hit 25 years. Oh, like in January. Wow, I mean, in, in December. Go. And what's wild is um, I've noticed that over those years, there's even an ebb and flow of like who's ahead and who's behind on a particular issue. In other words, there's change that can Skills happen. And, and what I mean is like you can, you know, one for a certain season or maybe for a while can be sort of ahead of the other yeah. in a certain area. But then that can even flip later on because yeah. if, if one gets distracted with something else and then the other one starts growing in that area. So it's it's, it's all about growth, right? That's it's right. About- We're on a growth mission from here to the end, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are awake to that growth mission and some people are not. And, uh, you know, men will say to us, well, I didn't know. And then I love the next line. Some guys say, I didn't know. And I didn't even know that I didn't know. (laughs) You know, this is a revelation to me. And so, you know, God talks about oneness. Father, Son, and Spirit are one. That whole idea of oneness is huge because it's how we're made. We're made uh, a part of a creation that has design Mm -hmm. and harmony and oneness. All that stuff works together. So, so you'll, you, you'll be in a marriage and you'll probably find yourself alone. Now, if you have great rhythm, okay, this doesn't apply to you, but, but somebody's usually ahead and they want more talking, more connecting, more bonding. They want more. And the other person is lagging behind, not going, going, what are you talking about? So these comments are made by the lonely person. So it could be a lonely wife with sort of a shut down husband, but we've also noticed it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, there are wives that are shut down in pain, caught up inside themselves, and the men are trying to move forward. So, you know, I'm going to sort of be the wife since that's the majority in this scenario, and you can make comments either side you want, but but I'm the lonely spouse, and I'm talking to my husband and uh, I would like to say some things to you, husband. Um, oftentimes you get scared when I start talking. Uh, you stop me. You shut it down. And, um, and what we wanted to do was have the dialogue out there and see if, if this couldn't help a lonely wife ask her husband for just 20 or 25 minutes to hear some comments that she'd like to make. But maybe we could make them for her. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could help her because sometimes men hear men better. 
Yeah. Or sometimes in a relationship, you sort of get tired. Oh, here you are again, whining and complaining. Blah, blah, blah. But but that this would be a great opportunity if it fits your situation. We want to provide tools and experiences and blessings. Mm-hmm. So the first comment is to, to my husband. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I think you have a lot of fear. You don't seem to grow. You you you're not grabbing opportunities that are presented. I I I don't know if you know this, but you're stuck. And the only thing I can conclude is you're afraid, and your fear is hurting us. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the challenge to this is is you know, one is it takes a lot of courage to say some of these things if you're the lonely spouse. Uh, I think it takes an equal amount of courage to hear some of these things if you're the other spouse, if you're the scared, if you're the yeah, scared spouse. That's in this. right. Because I can imagine, like, right as I heard you said that, I think, you know, I I land more in the camp of probably the scared spouse. Okay. And my first thought was, I'd like to be defensive now. <laughs> you know, that's good. Because it's like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. You you just said something true to me, oh. but think about it. You're saying something true to me about me oh. that is, in some ways, exacerbating the very same th- the very thing you're you're calling me out on. And you're fear. exposing me, right? Because now it's like you've you've basically said, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I do live with a lot of fear, and now that you know that, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid that you've pegged me like that's that. Beautiful. That's beautiful that you. Thank you. That's perfect right there because you are the guy. You're speaking for him, and I thank mm-hmm. you. So the wife says, "Listen, husband, let me just tell you, I love the heck out of you. I have crawled through broken glass. That's how much I love you, and I always will. And I want you to know one thing: your fear." will never be greater than my love mm. for you. Yeah. That that I think is the point of of beginning of healing because I think for the person that that struggles a lot with fear that is at the core of that fear. Mm. Is like, man, if you if you knew how incompetent I feel, if you knew how confused I feel, if you if you knew how much I'm, you know, like the duck that may look calm on the surface, but I'm paddling like crazy <laughs> underneath. If, if you knew all of these things that I'm trying to kind of hide with my fear, mm. you would reject me. You certainly wouldn't love me. So this idea of, man, stating that mm. affection, stating that love, I think is huge. I'm not saying that it's the it's the switch that gets flipped and all of a sudden everything's different. But it's a great anchor. It opens opportunity for that fearful person to say, well, maybe I can come out of this fear Mm, closet. Maybe I can say a few things that are part of my fear because now I know there's that stability of love there. say something and and own a little piece of it and not run away or not, as you said, or defend myself. Why are you doing this to me? Um. It's funny, a thought popped in my head. A woman said to her husband, hey, I want to talk. And he said, oh, that's so stressful. (laughs) Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to step on your fear. We're going to show your weakness if we talk. Oh, that's so stressful. Can we just not talk? (laughs) You know? (laughs) 
So number three on the list, husband, I want us to be great. And if I'm honest, connection-wise, we're just average. Mm. There's so much more because I know connection and I can lead you into connection. I don't want to die average. I want us to be great. Now, uh, I, I like the... I like the sentiment of this, but there is a part of me that starts to cringe a little at that idea of greatness. Mm. Because I think for people that have a a big uh, fear paradigm, shame paradigm, mm. you hear about wanting to be great. And what is this, mm. what is this spouse that she's saying this to maybe going to f- feel? And, and I'm, I'm not saying that these things are right, or but but the idea is like, okay, so I maybe this is confirming my shame lies, or maybe this is confirming my fear. This is why I don't step out because clearly I'm not great, and we're not, you know. And so I think that while while I'm not saying it's not important to address this issue of like I want more, I want, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes the greatness language mm-hmm. adds sort of this unachievable pressure good so let me go to the next line then because the next line says i want the vision that god has for you and for me and for us and if god said it he promised it he put us in that in our hearts i want great oneness oneness together team back and forth it's not like you got to score 100 points or zero. It's a mission. It's a vision. I don't want to settle that we're roommates. Mm. Yeah, this is good because I think you, by trying to sort of transfer the greatness language into God's camp mm. now gives the the necessary focus and and refocus that is needed for us to understand, oh, okay, so what does greatness actually look like? Greatness is not me comparing myself to you or you to me or or our marriage compared to some other marriage. It's saying God has said from the very beginning that he made this union between a husband and a wife to be one. There's a oneness there that, that... the, and and if we are not connecting in a way that is producing oneness, then we are living beneath the vision and the call that God right. has. And right. and and so I think this this to me this this statement here has more of this invitational, inspirational mm. spirit to it of saying, "Hey, what if we took one more step towards God in mm. in, in the vision that He has?" And just see what the omnipotent, all-powerful God can do Amen. in producing more of that in us. And That's the thing true. I like about this is it, what this statement does is it says, we're going to remember that the only one that has the sufficient power to do all that we hope and dream for in our marriage is not actually contained in you and me. That's right. The greatness isn't going to be here. Like God's the one that has to do this That's thing. right. It's his dream, his vision, his process, and it's great. Yeah. And, he makes, good, great... and he makes good promises in that. You know. So, husband, I've learned a few ways to emotionally connect on my journey, and I want to share them with you. 
I, I hate to admit it, but my family was a little healthier than your family. I saw some things and learned some things and experienced some things. And I want to share them with you. Will you let me? I think this is important. For, so, so again, I'm, I'm representing the husbands out there or the spouses out there yeah. that are more, uh, more fearful or they're, they're more um, uh, timid about taking risks emotionally or relationally. And I would say that it's very important, I think, to hear this kind of comment and recognize that if any of us as individuals or as a couple are going to grow and mature, we have to admit that we don't know it all. Mm. So, and the reason I think that is important is because when someone like your spouse comes to you and declares something like this of, I actually want to share some things that I know that, that you don't. Rather than us getting all bent out of shape and defensive and, and you know, right. pity, you know, self-pitying or, you know, because of like, you've bruised my ego or something. We need to say, okay, yeah, actually, I want to grow. So receive like the help mm. that your spouse would want to give you in this rather than being defensive. What I've learned over the years is that I'm amazed at how much two things happen when I'm willing to actually um embrace the help offered by my spouse. One is I realize just how deficient I was in my character in that one area, but I wasn't realizing it because nobody was calling me out on it. So then I go, oh, I've got an opportunity to grow here. And the second thing is it it actually draws me closer to my spouse, which is a desired effect. No, no, wait a minute. I didn't know it. it's an opportunity. What's, what's, in terms what's of like, the desire? So like this post? thing right here, when she's saying, I've learned some ways to emotionally connect and I want to share that with you. Mm. For me to then realize, oh, I guess I didn't realize the degree to which I'm emotionally disconnected. So it gives me an opportunity personally to begin to grow on something in mm. my character. And as I do that, guess what? Then I realize, oh, I'm getting closer to my spouse Yes. at the same time. So it's, it's a, it's a two for one kind of a proposition. So dear closed up, shut down, fearful spouse, I want to tell you something else. All these comments are risky on my part, but please know one thing. I come in a spirit of humility. I come in humbleness and I desire to help you because when I give, I receive. And if I help you, I help me. And so please know in humility, it is the only thing that I desire is to help. And I think this is very important. And I think this is the kind of attitude that needs to be sort of sprinkled through an entire conversation like this. And I think it's also important to realize that these 23 thoughts that we're going to be going through are likely not going to be happening in a single conversation, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't think this is something necessarily you roll out. This is a lot. In it's one, intense, yeah. right, you're saying. But this idea of humility and, and continuing to express that throughout such a conversation when one spouse is really trying to sharpen the other one, because that's really what we're talking about here. There's a there's a lonely spouse that that maybe does have a little bit more emotional capacity or emotional intelligence, if we can put it that way. And they're trying to extend that and draw this scared spouse into that. I think it's very important that humility be undergirding that entire conversation and that entire process because otherwise it can seem like, well, spouse, 
you're my problem to fix. <laughs> Instead of like, no, we're talking about oneness here, right? Or what's wrong with you? Why, don't, why can't you learn this? Right. Come on, how many times do I have to tell you? This isn't about condescending tone no. towards one spouse to another. This is about saying, let's grow together. Let's work on this together. And I think humility is a huge way to be more attractive in that prospect. So, spouse, I need to tell you something you already know, but I want to say it. I do not know everything. Amen. (laughs) But I've heard you use that line on several people. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm. Who does she think she is? She acts like, he doesn't know everything. Why is he, you know, and and I've heard that come my way. What do you think? Why are you telling me that? What, what, what are you saying? You don't know everything. So I'm starting by saying I don't know everything. And I will never make that claim. Mm. But I knew that God has given me some insights. And they're good. And that's what I want to share with you. Now, there's something that there's a theme that's coming through here, and I hope hope everybody's recognizing it. And that these are comments that are geared towards trying to build that oneness, that togetherness. And I think in this comment, especially, it's it's really making a statement that every human being should make. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. The sooner that all of us can get to that place. <laughs> The sooner that, that we can realize maybe we can learn from each other. Maybe we can grow. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is it makes uh, – I think this has the potential of appealing to, especially if it's a wife saying these things to a husband, mm. that can appeal a little bit maybe to the sense of adventure or exploration in a husband. Like when she says, hey, I don't know everything, and then the husband, if he's honest, says, me neither – and then they can say, no. "You want to find out together. You want to you want to learn some things together." And like, I think that can appeal to this sense of, "Hey, yeah, I want to I want to explore. I want to go on an adventure." So let me say to you this, because even though I don't know everything, I do know this: some of our dialogues are not working. Mm-hmm. So they're just not working. I start to say something and then I'm cut off. Or I try to tell you something and you just get offended. But I wasn't trying to offend you. Some of our dialogues are short and they're ugly. Mm. They're not working. Yeah, and this is one of those things where I think of the old, uh, I I mean, this quote has been attributed to so many people. Who knows who said it first? But um, people say Einstein said it, but I mean, I don't know. Insanity is doing the same thing and expecting the different result. Mm. And I think this is this is a, one of those statements. It's an opportunity for a couple to go. Can we can we think about making a change about this this merry-go-round that we've been on for so long? And you've got you know a dozen conversations that it's just the merry-go-round. Like, hey, when we get on this conversation, it always goes this particular way. When we have this. You know, when this is the topic, it always goes that way. And I think what this spouse is doing is saying, um, kind of drawing a line in the sand with with gentleness, but also firmness of saying, I'm not wanting to get on those merry-go-rounds anymore. Mm. I think there needs to be some ways that we engage these conversations that's different. Um, I'm willing to go the different route. How about you? And kind of, and I think the other thing that's important about a lot of these comments is they're being made 
not in an accusatory way, but more of an invitational way mm. of like, she's able to state these things that this is true. Our dialogues have not been productive or healthy, mm. but it's more of like, it's not a way to shame the spouse, but it's a way to say, and I want to do it. I want to do it a different way moving forward. How about you? You know, it's an offer. That's yeah. beautiful. So the spouse goes on to say, uh, I don't know everything. I know our conversations aren't working. And the reason I know that is because I know that we're missing a deep, important emotional connection that should be happening in our conversations, a oneness, a bonding, a union. Look, I'm not saying we can't shop or sleep or have sex or parent or pull weeds in the yard together. We do a lot together. But... I can't connect. We're missing the connection. I'm trying to do my half and something's happening on your half that I can't connect to you. And I think at a very basic level, this is a this is an offer for both of these spouses. You know, we're talking about kind of the the spouse that is making these comments more in kind of the category of a, of a lonely spouse feeling like they're distant from their their partner because their partner has fear. So the, that's the scared spouse. I would say this is an invitation to say, can we just start there? Like mm. start by expressing those very basic emotions. Can this f- afraid spouse say verbally, I'm scared to connect. That's good. I don't have any training in that. Yes. I don't have a history in my family or with any other kind of relationships where I learned that. I'm not very good. By just stating that admission, you're starting to develop a deeper emotional connection. And some of the stuff you're saying, I don't get. Yeah. Right? That's fabulous. So those are great lines that a guy should say. I mean, we should have a script that that the guy that's (laughs) fearful would say, I do have fear. I do have doubt. I do hesitate. I get scared. I jump fast. I talk fast. I blame fast. I quit fast. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have such great potential in this marriage. You're a good man. You know, you're good and I'm good. And we have great potential here. We have sacrificed. We've worked. We've been faithful. But I want to create a relationship that has a deeper aspect to her, to, to this relationship, a richer, a more connected, where I can open up and share some things. And you can come out, if I can say it this way, from behind the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of hope in this kind of a statement uh, because it's not saying, again, even these statements that are talking about wanting the deeper, the richer, it's not coming through a shame grid in order to state those things. Um, mm-hmm. I like even the way you stated that there. It's like, you're a good man. I'm a good woman. I, you know, it's like there's goodness in our relationship. There, There's a lot of things that are good. It's not all bad, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's it's coming from a place of goodness. And then it's just giving that hope of there's there's potential for more there. There's potential for deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a good way to approach it because it gives more of a hopeful message rather than a, okay, now let's put on this really heavy yoke of going into a deeper relationship. Like now it's yeah. becoming work instead of, I mean, not to say there isn't work to it, but you know what I mean? Sometimes if you come through the shame grid, it's like, well, just pile on one more thing oh, right. that's, you know, it's telling failure, me I'm less than or whatever. Loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
uh, I want to keep the dialogue going, so I say, I'm not sure exactly when, but we stopped having an emotional connection because when we dated, you were so present and attentive, and you you let me talk. You wanted me to talk. But we've gotten busy, and life's gotten heavier. Mm-hmm. When I say emotional connecting, I mean listening, staying present to each other, bonding and resting and comforting one another. Yeah. I think this is one of those uh this is one of those statements where it's like okay can we can we reevaluate kind of the our priorities like where did certain things start kind of encroaching in on what mm-hmm. once was very much about connecting and um not to say that everything about sort of that romantic <laughs> uh beginnings is is necessarily highlighting maturity but there is a, there is something about that that is there's a spark there's a there's a desire to know this other person and I think it's good to come back to that. Well, Stephen, we're actually out of time for this session, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to finish this up. And and listeners, we hope that this has started to kind of prime the pump for you, uh, for you couples out there that are saying you know if you're starting to see yourself in one or the other of these spouses that we're talking about here. Um, I hope that some of the things we're giving you here are some ideas about how do you engage the deeper conversation? How do you engage deeper oneness in yes. your relationship and cultivating that? And so um, we will be back again next time to finish up this list of thoughts that, that a lonely spouse can share to a scared spouse to try to deepen that oneness. Uh, but we're glad you've been here. and We'll look forward to seeing you back yes. here again next time. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.